and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. Uh, I use she, they pronouns, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. My name is Claire. My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crees. My name is Daniel. Uh, he, him pronouns. I'm on uh, Twitter at DJ Older. I'm on TikTok at Daniel Jose Older, and I'm on Instagram at Daniel Jose One. Hey, I'm Alyssa Wong. Um, my pronouns are they, them, and you can find me on Twitter at Crash Wong. And today we have um, a special little comics episode. We're just going to be talking about writing comics, what's the difference between writing just like original content and then freelancing. Um, some We're going to talk about like where things are going in the near future. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be a good time. We have Daniel and Alyssa on today, obviously, uh, who have both been on the podcast individually. Um, and those have been really fun episodes. So today, maybe some chaos might ensue. <laughs> um, but it'll be fun and hopefully educational. <laughs> Definitely. Claire, do you want to start? Yeah. So I guess if we, if both of you just want to start off with just sharing, like, how did you initially start writing comics? What was that process like for you? And what kind of draws you to the medium? You want me to start? Alyssa, you go ahead. Oh, no. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, fun- funnily enough, I, uh, you know, I've always, I've always read comics, but I didn't, it was mostly manga. I didn't start reading like American comics until probably after like college, maybe after college. Um, I just didn't have access to them. Um, but I read a lot of manga. Um, and I actually actually got into college because I I wrote and drew a comic um oh, and wow. sent it in as like my hey, let me into your college letter. <laughs> um <That's> amazing. <laughs> I was I can't believe they I can't believe they said yes to be honest um but uh yeah uh in terms of professional comics though um I uh I was talking to I write short fiction and I was talking to Greg Puck um who's incredible um Star Wars stuff writes uh, the Darth Vader comics um but it's just a legend in general um and he messaged me and was like hey I am looking for a co-writer for this you know little b story uh for like about arrow and wave um a chinese superhero and a filipina superhero um i've read your short fiction i love it do you want to co-write something with me i was like yeah absolutely um so we did that it was super fun and um the editor we worked with um mark panicia um brought me on to do afra after that that's awesome (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. I realized I didn't realize that Pack was like part of your origin story like that. That makes it really cool. I love yeah. That. I know we've been working together for I want to say like three years at this point, and I just yeah. met him a few like two months ago for the first time in person. Yeah. What like at Comic Con or something? Yeah, New York Comic Con. Oh. I know he was That's like, like both a feature <laughs> of the pandemic and like just this world that we work with all these people and and you and I have only met that well, we met that one time in North Carolina. Yeah. And then and then not again until like years later, like recently. Which is yeah. Wild. The actually I think the first time we met was at your launch party in New York back in like 2014. 
What? Yeah, I know. Oh my God. I totally forgot that. That's, wait, at the new was it at the New Eurekan? I think yeah. Oh wow, that's it was a lot. It was like a three lifetimes ago. <laughs> right, right. So that right because then the next time we met then was the North Carolina time. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so wild. So we we really do go way way back. Yeah, I was still working in publishing at the time. Like it was a long time ago. Man, that's it's also wild that we both came from prose and ended yeah. up fully like comics. Yeah. And so okay, so for <laughs> me it was um. I actually remember the very moment when I decided I was going to do comics, like literally almost to the second. It was on or around my birthday in January. Uh, it had to be 2019, I want to say. And I was in San Francisco for um, a comic festival that they were doing there. That was really cool. And I wasn't there as a comic writer because I wasn't a comic writer yet. I was just there because sometimes they bring us like normal book people, boring you know, non-comic people <laughs> to speak at that. So I was just a guest speaker for that. And I've always loved comics and it's always been in my heart to do them. And I just kind of never got together to do them. Um, but I was biking around San Francisco and I realized that, A, I realized two things. I realized that I had no, once I finished the book I was working on, I, I would be done with all of my deadlines as far as like my committed work that I had to do, which was the first time in years that that would have been true because I had a bunch of series that were in the works. I was writing those series books and all that. And then I was like, oh my God, like I'm about to be done, like free of all publishing contracts, which means I can just start something brand new. And I realized that I was sick to death of prose, no offense to prose, but I was sick to death of it. Um, like I'm coming up on 19 books and that's a lot of writing, <laughs> that's a lot of words. And I was just like, you know, it's time for me to do something different. And as so I was like, it's comics, like it's totally comics. Oh my God, I got so excited. I was on this rent a bike and I was just like going around the bay and I was like, <laughs> oh, it was such a moment. And I decided that. And so when we were working on the High Republic in those really early stages, so maybe this was 2018 and whatever, either way, one of those years, um, the first thing I said to Mike was like, just put me into comics, whatever you got, just give me comics. Like that's all I want to do. He's like, what about a middle grade? And I was like, all right, fine, but also comics. So that's somehow <laughs> like both Crash Point Tower and, you know, Mike is a very persuasive person. And it's really hard to say no to him because he's a great person. Like he's not like scheming. He really just knows that like he wants us to do the good work. So I, I was like, yeah. And then um, that's how adventures happened. And then I have a separate graphic novel that we can talk about that's not Star Wars, but all the things kind of happen at once. I love that you were like, oh, I'm just going to do comics for this. And then they were like, oh, no, but you're also going to do two books for Facebook. <laughs> I think he waited on bringing up the YA for a while because he knew I would have said, no, absolutely not. And then at that, by the time he brought the YA, I don't actually remember when this was, whatever it was, I was already so attached to the character. No, it was before I did. OK, I kind of knew there was a point in the middle of it all where I was like, I, if I write a comic series and then I have a middle grade come out of the middle of it and a YA come out at the end, I could just tell this gigantic story and just tell this thing that's like completely off, like in its own little corner, and it would be so much fun. So that was kind of what like brought me. It was a, yes, it was a very galaxy brain moment. <laughs> and I was like, I'm in. And then I was like, ah. And then I wrote The Night Horizon in literally 14 days or something. <laughs> that's how that happened. Anyway, that's still yeah. the craziest thing. I can't believe you wrote an entire YA book in 14 days. Me neither. If I hadn't documented it on TikTok, I wouldn't actually believe it was true either because it was all like, <laughs> fever dream of like is this really happening i don't know there's another four thousand words on the page so hopefully i wrote them <laughs> like that i need you to teach me your secrets um, <laughs> we'll talk please, yeah please you oh too, my please. god <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, you guys are both doing original or Daniel, you mentioned that you're doing an original work right now, non-Star Wars related. Um, and Alyssa, you do work for Marvel as well as Star Wars. How how does it differ between like doing regular work, doing freelance work? What's the difference between for Alyssa, like Marvel comics and um, the Star Wars Marvel comics? Is there big differences between the creative process, the publishing process, et cetera? Um, well, all of my comics are through Marvel. Um, so the Star Wars ones included. So uh, the process is pretty similar. Uh, the big difference is, um, yeah, I'm actually working with the same group of editors for the most part. Um, the uh, biggest difference, I think, um, is that obviously with the Star Wars comics, uh, Lucasfilm Story Group is there. Um, they give incredible notes. Uh, and they can also just make notes in my script. I'm like, here's a TIE fighter. And then I'll have a note. I'm like, it, should it be a TIE fighter? Should it be something other than a TIE fighter? What do you guys think? Um, so like we have an extra layer of like, when I write a script, I turn it into my uh, my Marvel editors. Um, they look at it, they give notes, they send it to Lucasfilm. Um, Lucasfilm reviews it, they give notes, it comes back to the editors and then it comes back to me. Um, so there are a couple of steps there. And obviously when it's not Star Wars, then it's just I read the script, go to my editors, they give notes, it comes back to me. Um, so that's like just a very, that's a very like, here's what the actual process is. Um, I would say for me, because I am doing a lot of projects um, that are like a lot of different things, I'm doing like Iron Fist, I'm doing Deadpool, um, Alligator Loki, um, you know, all of like the White Fox and like Swordmaster stuff, like that is all... Those are those all belong to different offices. <laughs> so I have a different editorial team for every single one of those projects. Um, and they're all great. They just all work slightly differently. Um, so for me, the the challenge is uh, learning the characters, learning what I can ask, but also learning what I can ask my editors for. Um, you know, and and also learning like what they like. Um, because when I turn in a script, I really want to impress um my editorial team and I want to impress the rest of the creative team so all of my scripts are written really for the artist um because mm. I want them to have a good time I want them to be able to read it and feel excited and inspired and if I do that I've done my job I think <laughs> how do you keep all that straight not for nothing oh my god I don't know um <laughs> <Do you? laughs> I mean so not I have a um I started uh, doing the, I can't remember what it's called. Um, oh, the, it's the, a bullet journal. Bullet <laughs> That's journal. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I started doing a bullet journal thing, which is mostly just a to-do list and a, mm -hmm. um, like a, a list of um, like all my ongoing projects and their process, like tracking the process as I go. Um, so this was all born completely out of necessity. Mm -hmm. um, each project has a different color of highlighter that I use. Mm. So I can look at my week and be like, okay, here's what I worked on. Here's what I need to work on. And I can look at it and be like, there are three alligator Loki colored lines, right? There are four different, like there are two different long Afro lines, which are usually like for scripts or like for big things, like, um, like lettering passes, looking at the inks being like, oh, here's where the script has to change. Um, or like, they're like two long Afro colored lines and then a couple of like small like checkbox looking 
Afrikaner lines, which are emails. So this all sounds way more complicated than it actually is. The the reason I do it is so I can look at a page and even without reading the letters, because right. my handwriting is hideous, right. um, I can tell what needs to get done. <laughs> but that makes so much sense. Like that that's a really good answer, not for nothing. Because I'm I'm in the middle of trying to like organize my whole life too. I just ordered a bulletin board, like a standalone bulletin board mm. that you can flip. Yeah, and I'm really excited about it. Like I know I've hit like full adulthood or old age even because that is like the most exciting purchase I've made in a long I'm like a bulletin board. Oh, I'm gonna organize my life. Um, so you know that. But uh I was gonna answer the question, but I lost track of what it was. It's about writing <laughs> Star Wars versus writing other stuff. So it is really different. Um I'm like a Star Wars is like my one true fandom um, since I was three, and like so I've dabbled in Marvel and I enjoyed a lot in like non-Star Wars Marvel, and I have a lot of fun with it. Mostly because I go in and just do a one shot and have fun, and it's super wacky and chaotic and off the wall, and that's it. You know, it's like in its own bubble. Um, with Star Wars, it is also wacky and chaotic, but in a way where it's obviously interconnected to this whole world, this whole history all these other writers that I'm working with. And that's what I love about it is that collaborative piece. So there's the collaboration of the comic itself and then the collaboration of like working with story group, working with the higher public writers, pop, 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 pop. So I think for me, that's like the main difference. Um, but I think comics is so inherently a collaborative process that that's uh, just also true throughout. My, um, my non-Star Wars work is called Death's Day and it's a graphic novel. It comes out not next year, but the year after, unfortunately, because I mean, it takes forever. Um, but I'm really excited about it. And my co-writer is this dude, uh, Malik, who is incredible, Malik Duncan. He's like this guy that he's, he's just, he's an elder in my community and he's always got stories. You know, those guys that always got stories and, and he's always wanted to be a writer and he's always got stories. Everyone's always like, you should be a writer. You know, he's always like, yeah, 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 I should. And then he would tell another great story and I'll be like, oh man, you gotta write that down, you know, like that dude. So when John Jennings came to me, um, John Jennings, who is a legend of comics, like across the board, um, he has a imprint with Abrams called Megascope. And he was like, yo, I wanna do, you know, either Shadow Shaper or one of your stories as like a graphic novel. And I was like, cool, but I got this friend Malik and he needs to be a writer. So we teamed up. And we basically like put, broke the story together. He just came down here to New Orleans for a weekend and he brought this like kind of uh, root of the story that we then just cultivated and built uh, together and turned into this like great big mess across my wall, you know, storyboarded it out basically and and then brought that to John and then they bought it and we wrote the script together. So um, Chuck Collins is the artist, he's incredible. He does a, a online, uh, a comic called Bouncer, The Bouncer. It's really great. And no, I'm just really excited about it. So it's we've been our own little story group. And I think that's kind of what you do when you're writing your own stuff is you form a little story group, even if it's just two people or two people and an editor and an artist or whatever that is. And you build and you build and you build. And then there's a point where you're like, this is it. And then the artist gets to draw it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's a beauty. I love collaborative work. And I think that's the beauty of comics too, is when I write a script, I'm like, this is an invitation to play, right? Um, right. I here's what I think. Here's what I think this page looks like. But then sometimes I'll be like, but also if you have a better idea, like go for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And isn't it exciting when you do that because you're like, I wonder what they're gonna come up with. 
like, it's like every page is like that you're just like what is this gonna be like it's like i almost feel like you're you're giving yourself a gift or you're preparing a gift for yourself in the future right like you yeah. write this page and you're just like this is gonna be so dope and then it is that's <laughs> the best especially when you work with great artists right like Oh yeah, present presence for me all day. I'm like, hey, you get to you get to come up with whatever you want, which also means I don't have to do panel descriptions, and also I get to find out like what it's gonna be. Um, how much? How often do you dump into like the Marvel style thing? Ooh, or so do I don't usually I don't usually do it because I feel bad being like, hey, you come up with literally everything. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is be like, here, do more work. Um, Wait, you should explain what that is to them, to the audience. I think you should explain what. No, that is. I think you should. You, you're no. the Marvel writer. I just yeah, yeah, it. but okay, it. but watch, but watch me explain it wrong is the thing, right? Oh, oh, do you want me to? No, you do it. Okay, okay. Uh, so Marvel <laughs> So traditional, you're right. A traditional comic script, you would traditionally be like, you know, this this is page two, right? It's got five panels. Panel one has this happening and here's the dialogue. Panel two has this happening and here's the dialogue, pop, pop, pop. And you basically tell the story beat by beat. Uh, a Marvel style version of that would just be like, the two great titans of the world clash across this page, <laughs> spread and then they bash each other's face in. And there's a couple of lines of dialogue here and there, just throw it in wherever you need to. And at the end of it, one of the dudes is smashed to smithereens and the other motherfucker is wide awake. Oh my God, hey, right. so. I thought I, it was one that was great too. I was like, I don't do that. I do that shit all the time. <laughs> you do do Marvel style. <laughs> I totally do. Like I, I try and I try not to because I'm like, I don't want you to. Do, but sometimes, if it's an artist who I really like and who, like, right. I know really likes to do a specific thing, I'm like, go for it, right? right. Um, I do this. I, I, I do this with Minkyu actually a lot. Um, mm. where I'm like, here's what happens on this page. There's a big fight. They uh, right. they fight their way through all these people doing X, Y, Z. Maybe someone does this. Maybe someone does that. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe Cohen did a hold hands. I don't know. Whatever it is. Um, and then at the end, this happens. Like, they make it all the way down the path up to the door. Um, and then I'll have some stuff down below where I'm like, maybe, some, maybe the dialogue looks something like this. So that Literally they have some kind stuff. of indication. It is. I did. I can't believe it. I can't. I, I actually do a lot of alligator Loki like this too. Oh, that makes sense. Because I'm just like slapstick. Like, give me your best weird slapstick comedy here as right. XYZ is happening. Um, because that's also it's also a silent comic. So oh, it is. Um, oh, I love yeah. that. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's all it's all just visual shenanigans. So I love that because it means that the artist isn't locked into whatever dialogue I, I put down. Um, right. So it's always exciting. I love I love alligator Loki for that reason. <laughs> That's really cool. How about you? Do you do that? Like the Marvel style stuff? Yeah, sometimes. Um, I'll find the, there'll be moments when I'll keep bumping my head against something that's supposed to happen. And that's my cue to be like, you know what? Let the artist figure it out. Like, not dismissively, <laughs> but just literally, like, if I can't figure it out, it's for a reason. And they'll probably have a better idea of what's supposed to happen than I do. And I, I just, I work with such incredible artists and I feel so blessed. Every single one of them, you know, I really trust. Like I could probably write the whole script that way, but I also really enjoy, you know, like mapping it out myself to some extent. So ideally it's a balance. Um, mm -hmm. But speaking of artists, Tony Bruno is the one doing the High Republic Adventures right now. And he is incredible. It's so stylized. Like there's so much life to it. Um, Harvey Tolibao, 
obviously with uh, the first run and he is back i don't know if this is public yet but he's he he's been doing the covers on this run of it for phase two but he is also doing that um free comic book day one that we just announced and showed the cover of with lula which Alyssa, you have read i love it i love it i have read it i read Thank it you. i read it on my phone while i was in the middle of packing my apartment to move across the country and it was a delight I, I was like I need I need to send it to somebody because this is a lot right now and I sent it to Alyssa and they screamed so good. it was great uh, so good I yeah. I love reading your stuff I mean you know oh, this you. but I I adore reading your stuff I appreciate um, it. It's very mutual. I always look oh, forward thanks. to new Afro Wednesdays. It's my favorite day. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, absolutely. And I need to, is Loki only, I mean, um, um, yeah, Alligator Loki, is that only on the app, on the Marvel app? It is only on the app, um, unfortunately. Did you just link at me? Because it you're going to me? It is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, I mean, that's, how, that's uh, how I choose to interpret that moment. Yes. Haha. It's, it's only on the app and you can only get it if you're using the app so yeah no i i i think i i think you should read it i'm going to okay good um (laughs) my app anyway (laughs) we went down that road for long enough oh my god i have a question that we didn't write down but um so we were kind of talking about how um leaving things up to the artist what how is it different between different artists do you guys like know um certain things that certain artists like that you're like oh I'm gonna do that for this one but then you're kind of like I want to do that for another comic too with a different artist or even um Daniel with the higher public adventures the first time uh switched artists for one arc how did that differ how did that process differ with what you were writing um in the script yeah, yeah. I try to um I generally try to make a point of asking the artists like what they love what they love doing. I don't always remember to, but I do my best to check in with them about what their favorite thing to draw is. And they usually demur and are like, no, no, I love drawing everything. But sometimes they'll get like a real which is great. Like I don't think they're lying. Like I think like definitely Harvey and Tony both love drawing everything and they get really excited about it. You can tell from their work. Um and then there's some artists who hate, you know, crowd scenes or whatever. Like there are stuff that just makes artists really like have to work extra hard. So I try to keep that in mind if they tell me that. Um, and yeah, with um, like with, with Tony coming in at that point, I just hadn't worked with him at all. So I didn't really know what to do. So I just pretty much wrote it the way I would have written it for Harvey anyway. Um, now that I've worked with Tony and we're working on this run together, which makes it even more fun because I kind of can start to imagine what to expect. Um, I do think it's on my mind. I don't know if it, I don't know if I would say it changes the script necessarily, but it's it is probably in like very subtle ways. Um, they're su- they're very different stylistically, and also there's like subtleties to kind of what they clearly like lean into in terms of characterization and stuff like that. But what's great about them both is that they're both really creative in terms of making like you're just never gonna have just like oh okay this character's there plop so they're on the scene just dead like they're so alive in the way that both Harvey and Tony bring those characters to life and in very different ways. I think like what was interesting was too like with tony it was really the moment when i always thought of it as like the moment when you know when you you go away for the summer and then you come back and some of the some of the kids in high school are like 
adults almost to like seem like like they're like they grew up a bunch and some of them still look 12 and it's like what's happening you know like ram is perpetually 12 um (laughs) but you know it's that moment in the storytelling when they had all gone in the separate ways and now they're coming back together and so that was the moment to kind of age up like lula and zine specifically and like show that they're teenagers now like they're not just these like queens they were probably like 15 when we first met them and now they're like 16 17 and you know it was so it was kind of cool to like do that transition when we were also changing artists over and you know that uh, just like it was just fun the way things worked out and then to come back to Harvey and see how Harvey then like aged them up in his own way it's all just been really I learned so much about the characters based on the way the art comes out yeah yeah absolutely um I think I got I get lucky because um oftentimes when we're spinning up a new series um the editors will send me they'll be like hey here's the uh here's the name of the artist that we're looking at and sometimes they include like an art sample um if not then i'll just look up their stuff online and like look at it and be like oh they're really good at xyz like they're um you know i i find that i find that i'm much more willing to do the marvel style script if i if i've worked with somebody and i know how they interpret my scripts Mm-hmm. otherwise i'm just like i'm gonna give it to you here's the breakdown right this way you don't have to like you're still learning i'm still learning we're learning each other this way you don't have to do all the extra work of figuring out all the stuff and i also know how to anticipate what this is how i learn how to anticipate what you're going to do mm-hmm. and through that i can be like all right this person is really good at crazy dynamic action scenes so i'll write more of that or like this person is really good at like you know physical comedy so i'll write more of that Mm -hmm. this person is does incredible like emotional like acting like character acting um and is really good at the beautiful quiet moments and like really like really brings that out in in characters and not i feel like not everyone can do all three um but um but mink you can (laughs) and so you know knowing that i I'm much more willing to be like, okay, I want you to have space to play and I can also kind of anticipate what you might do, which helps me figure out what I need to have on the next page um, right. leading out. Because if if I if I'm working with someone and they um, you know, they tend to go off script a lot and like they choose to do their own thing and then I have to rewrite script all the time like in a big way mm. um, when it when the art comes back. Um, or they just don't take notes or whatever, then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm much less willing to do that. Or maybe more if I'm just like, I, I don't know, let's see what happens. Like, might as well. Um, They're not going to listen to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, but yeah, that absolutely changes the way I write scripts. They might be, if I'm like, you're going to wild out, then I'm just like, you know, character A runs down the street. Explosions happening behind them. Like, because like, I'll because fi- I'll find out um and if they're like if it's someone who does like really beautiful emotional acting that I'm much more willing to dig deep for that particular story to bring that out because they're so good at it Mm -hmm. I just I just want everyone to kiss (laughs) that is true I can confirm that from my text messages anytime (laughs) a new character is introduced it's Alyssa being are they gonna kiss it's true (laughs) Alyssa they're 12 (laughs) <laughs> oh 
god. Listen, listen, they can hold hands, maybe. No, they can hold hands. They can hold hands, maybe. I'm sorry. I just listen, it's a rancor. Oh my god, but like when will the rancor find love? That's true. Um, <laughs> it's two rancors. Yeah. The These are hypotheticals. This is not there's no there's no spoilers happening here. Wait, is the video are we doing video too? Are y'all posting the video? Because I brought a show. Yeah, and if you were. This, this is my first Star Wars comic that I ever read. <gasps> what? I know. My family was in town taking care of Tito while I was in uh, 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 Comic-Con, and they brought it. And like, see how torn up it is? Like, I read the hell. It was the only Star Wars comic I had. I read it so many times. I have it memorized. Like, And it's the one where Boba Fett crawls out of the Sarlacc pit, does a bunch of shenanigans, and then gets his ass kicked back in at the end of it. <laughs> that is so funny because you know there's that whole thing like Alyssa you know like they'll be like all right we can do this but we got to make sure we put the toys back in the box at the mm -hmm. end you know what I mean like that's a big like thing we're always up against with Star Wars not so much for us to get to play in the higher public because the only toys we have to put back are like Jedi that are getting murdered 200 years later or whatever <laughs> but like yeah <laughs> 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 going back in anyway so it's just so funny because they, they will literally be like, yeah, we can do this, but we got to make sure we get the toys back in. For the and they're right. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely true. Like, obviously, we can't go off script so much that, like, some character is supposed to be whatever. So, you know, I don't begrudge it is what you and I will say this. Like, I think I, I think everyone who goes into Star Wars goes in being like, all right, I'm just going to get my ass handed to me left, right and center. On every script, I'm going to get told I can't do anything that I want to do. I'm just going to say it anyway and then get shot down. And then they're going to be like, no, you have to do this. And that's just never been my experience. Like, I've almost, I mean, I've, I'm sure I've had, it's, everything that's been taken out is like tiny little details that I don't even remember and don't care about at all. And like, that's so important to know because it's, I think there's a sense that it's this like totalitarian situation where they're just like telling you what to do. And I did like, infamously tweet one point like that that canon is not a democracy because it's not like random mofos don't actually get a say in canon and that's fine like it's not supposed to be um but it is a conversation and like it is a lot of people getting together to talk about it and figure out what makes the most sense and that's a responsibility and that's a good thing and it's just been such a positive experience Alyssa do you feel the same way absolutely it's been so good i am consistently blown away by what they'll let me get away with um because i i'm always like i'm gonna pitch this thing and then they're gonna be like nah you can't and i'll just i'll find some way to finesse it right um but i'm like they've let me write a basically all queer cast uh yeah. for this for a star wars comic yeah. um they've let me have an explicitly trans introduce an explicitly trans character um and have that like in text you know mm -hmm. um and you know the same thing like when i read high republic stuff i'm like you guys get away with so much wild stuff and it makes me so happy to read <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i can't believe okay i can't believe you got away with in midnight horizon like the the kingdom side like Hey, I fell in love and like <laughs> left the Jedi Order because suddenly I was shooketh and decided that I really wanted to like hop in bed with this beautiful acrobat. Like, hey, like vibes, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> I mean, it was more than it was more than that, but like 
Same. No, I same. Like I, that was that was that was one of the. I was trying to think of an example. That was one where I was writing it like, "Ain't no way." But look, we write it anyway. If I write it pretty enough, maybe they'll let it fly. Not a nary a note. Not a note. Not a single note. Like it, it just like, the, and that was so cool. I was also writing. I remember explicitly being like, okay, I'm going to put Ram in a ship that's basically just a drill, and I'm going to have him drill through a spaceship, like a cruiser, and then like take the controls of that cruiser and smash it headfirst into another cruiser, and they're both going to fly out, and then he's going to keep going through it, and then he's going to save a dude falling out through space. <laughs> I was like, ain't no way it's going to happen, but I can see it. And I was ready for Pablo to swoop in with the machete, which let me just say, too, that Pablo has the best notes of all of them. Pablo is the one note giver to rule them all. And like he's so sweet about it and like thoughtful and like compassionate and creative. Like he's just a, a genius. And I, I can't wait for it. Sometimes I wrote write shit just being like, I hope Pablo weighs in on this, <laughs> even if it's to shoot me down. I just want to know what he's going to say. Because anytime any of the forced conversations that they have, which are, I know a lot of people's favorite parts of a lot of the stuff I've written, um, he has weighed in on and been incredibly helpful and like given suggestions and just like made it, you know, really feel like what it is. And he's just brilliant. So like, shout out to Pablo. Oh, I love Pablo. I was so nervous. I was like, I need to ask Pablo something, but I am too shy. I finally <laughs> sent my first Pablo email and it was to ask him what the inside of a Twi'leks Leku look like um, <laughs> I was like what what is it like you know I'm out here being like give me a cross section of this meat tentacle but like <laughs> what did he say um I'm trying to remember what it was I think I also asked him about bones I was like are there bones guess. in them and I think the answer is no um I didn't I didn't quite, we didn't quite dig into all the strange biology also, and I'm not using it for the script, but I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was very invested. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's great. I also love Matt Martin. Matt Martin yes. has great notes. Uh, Absolutely. He's always also so enthusiastic, which yeah. I love. I love that. Yeah, we need that. Like people, I think people think we don't need that because we're like, Star Wars comic book writers or whatever, but like, not for ego, but just to be like, okay, cool, we're on the right track. Cause it can feel like we have no idea what's happening. You know, you just write a script and you're like, if this makes sense in my head, but that doesn't mean it's gonna make sense to the artists and the editorial team, like all these people, mm -hmm. it's a lot. And so what those moments when they're like, oh man, this is awesome. You're like, yes, like, you know, it just, it feels so good. Hey, I'll take the ego too, because I always worry yeah. that like, you know, I'm like, I'll write a script and I'm like, this is deranged. And I feel like every script I write gets more and more deranged. And I'm like, you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> that's what we love about your work. Like, that's the whole point. Thank you. I, I love writing. I love writing deranged stuff. But I'm also like, Obviously. is this the day? They're like, right, right, you've right. had enough. We're coming. What are you talking about? Right. I'm always waiting for that note. What are you talking about, Daniel? <laughs> but that's not for nothing. Like, sometimes I'll preempt it. Like, so I'll be like, like with, uh, this isn't a spoiler. Like Sam is obviously just a really chaotic character, and going yeah. into the High Republic Adventures Phase Two, where she's a teenager, it's like she's basically a teenager as a hundred and fifty, sixty-five year old or whatever. Anyway, like she's completely adolescent in her energy and like rebelliousness. So now she's the actual fifteen-year-old. Like she's she's a problem. She's a problem, and. I needed to write her as a problem and not as like the good little Jedi that Lula embodies, you know, in like, in phase one, God bless Lula. 
But, you know, like Sav was bringing a very different energy to the point that I was like, I don't know, like she she hates the Jedi Order. She's sick to death of it. She causes problems. She causes a spoiler bar fight in issue one on purpose just because she can. And like, I respect that, you know, and like we need Jedi that will do that. Um, but I was like, just so y'all know, you know, this is the beginning of Sav's journey, like not the end. So she is like not the ideal High Republic Jedi, you know, because the High Republic is the height of the Jedi, like even mm-hmm. phase two, like. The whole thing we're trying to do is show the Jedi at their height, not causing bar fights. But then again, we have- that's that's a height to me. (laughs) Canonical bar fight master, Cantam Sai, in phase one. So there's that. But- uh, That's basically Jedi tradition, right? (laughs) That's the thing. Cantam was just following in Sam's footsteps, Master Sam. Ah, these children, man. But anyway, they were fine with it. They were totally fine with it. I love it. And I think that's what makes high republic so exciting to me is like you know as, as a kid like i'm growing up I'm like oh we got we got obi-wan we got like the, right. yeah well right like we got right. obi-wan we got the the four like okay you wear you wear a robe you have to be like your dower you apparently love is forbidden or whatever boring um, boring I mean, I think the the most the most important thing that I took away from Jedi in general when I was a kid, though, was, yeah, you can have magic powers, but people aren't going to be good to you, and especially the adult figures in your life are just going to be right. real bad to you. And right. also, like, there's a set of impossible rules you're never going to be able to live up to. And right. that, surprise, surprise, was not particularly appealing to me. <laughs> right. Um, but I think with High Republic stuff, we're seeing so many different kinds of Jedi and so many people who understand the force in different ways who have different relationships to it who have and Daniel this is a big thing for you I think reading your stuff like there are adults and authority figures who are very nurturing um, Mm -hmm. and they're all very different and they accept like that the kids are different you know Mm -hmm. so they're like it's not about like this case right it's not about being the ideal Jedi like what does that but what does the Jedi that you are like what does that look like right your ideal self no that's exactly it and I love that you brought that up because that is such an important part of I, I think all of Star Wars particularly the High Republic because we've been given this opportunity to really like have that conversation mm-hmm. in so many different ways and like seeing the Jedi not at least initially not at war right allows for us to play with like these questions of like what does the force look like when you're not using it as a military group who is trying not to be a military group but is anyway right and 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 uh full disclaimer like i don't actually obviously we don't think obi-wan is boring like they did amazing things with him and and you know including a a, like a torrid complicated love affair right like all these wild things that they played with um but it's really exciting to be able to do that with a bunch of characters who aren't definitely about to die in order 66 you know so like yeah that's been sort of the joy of this um but no I, and then to your point like i think um it, to me it's the challenge of like telling stories for young people means uh, i do want to have positive adults around but not to the point that they take over the story and like make decisions yeah. like there's room for those stories and those are great and 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 i love a lot of them as for for me writing um i always personally want to let the kids lead mm-hmm. and you can't do that when there's like a master jedi around that's why like in midnight horizon uh cantam and then immediately and comac immediately get pulled off to another mission and they're off doing that you know what i mean and and we we have to right we have to let the kids like make mistakes and it's hard to do that when there's an adult there i i agree it's funny i am 
I was thinking about it. I'm like, I've only in Africa, I've only ever written like bad authority figures. They're all bad, like mm. bad parents, bad like professors, like her dad's cool, right? Her, He's kind mm, of her dad. I mean, so her, I love her dad, but like. He's he's a, but he's a mess. He's not a good dad. Like, no, that's true. That's true. So I don't know. I um I love this because I don't think I've ever personally ever ever written a good adult ever. So <laughs> ah! <laughs> I hope that changes one day. But you know, so it's a, my my thing is like you either have good adults and you have to move them out of the way, or you have crappy adults and they can stick around and be crappy. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like it's always a toss up. But at the end of the day, like you still have to make a way for the kids to leave the leave the story, and that's kind of what, what it comes down to. Sorry, we are absolutely hijacking your your. No, they like it. It's fine. Age looks like you want to say something. delirious anyway. <laughs> I'm literally fine. <laughs> you guys, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> You look great for a dying person. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. <laughs> need to go. It's not to leave the Zoom meeting. She's out. It's not the first time I've threatened to leave the Zoom meeting. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. It happens like, at least once a week. Sage will be like, what is the episode here? That seems fair. That seems like a healthy podcast vibe. Yeah. <laughs> That's one word for it. Claire just likes to torment me. What do you mean? What is this? What is this? <laughs> Claire, why don't you ask a, a question? Oh my god, I would love to. Um, <laughs> I guess, so we talked a bit about like working with different artists and how that changes your process. Do you want to just talk us through where the process goes from? You've written a script, you've given it to the artist, and then where do you go from there? Actually, let me start it a little earlier even, because I think the run-up is kind of fun in a way. Well, for me, once I, once I cracked like a methodology, everything's really fell into place. And, um, you know, for me, like, it's actually, like, really clear. Like, I will have a bunch of ideas in my head about an issue, and I will dump them onto um, just a document that I just have set aside called Scratchpad. And I'll just be like, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll copy and paste it above itself um, so that I can play with it without losing stuff or having to be precious at all. That's so important to the process, (laughs) believe me. And then I will take that and I'll start to arrange it in some kind of order. And then I'll literally copy and paste it again, and then I'll put page numbers next to it. And then I'll take that, copy and paste that into a script document, and that'll be my outline that'll then turn into the script. And I say all that because those little things, like that might not be your process, everyone's is really different, but some of those little pieces of it, like copy and pasting it, like having a place to dump it all out, all that, like those really were transformative for my um, experience as a creator. And they made it possible for me to like, be uh hit deadlines <laughs> like you know like not get overwhelmed especially because i can that having a process that clear allows me to have like steps that i can do and then leave and then think about and then come back and then jump back in you know what i mean so it doesn't feel like i have to like knock it all out in one go or just sit down in front of an empty script document and feel like completely lost like all those things matter so i say all those things so if there are people who write comics listening or if y'all you know like it it maybe one or none of those can help but it's always helpful to hear those things i think but then um you know you give it to some people and they're like hey this is amazing and then <laughs> you, you go back you know you go through around usually a round or two of notes is that right yeah. for you Alyssa? Yeah. like one or two rounds of notes and then you turn it back in and then like cool we'll take it to the artist and then like a month or two later you have a month later usually you have like pencils right so the sketches mm-hmm. 
or you'll have layouts rather. So it'll just be like very rough versions of like, okay, here's what the page will look like, here's what the panels do, and you give notes on that. And then they give it back to you, and then it'll be um, pencils after that, which is a little bit more up, 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 like put into place. And then it'll be inks. Yeah. Go ahead, Liz. I can't believe you get your stuff a month before. You guys are so much. <laughs> no, like, it depends. It depends. You mean like a month after turning it in? <laughs> yeah, or like getting yeah. it back. Like, uh, Minky was just so fast, though. Like, oh, that's amazing. If, oh, that's great. If the script goes to Minky, within like a couple of days it's like here are the layouts for the entire what? issue i was like that's fantastic. it's insane that's so good so i think good. the reason it takes i think well man and minky's doing everything right so they're in the they're uh -huh. doing like they're doing the inks and layouts, the, pencils inks geez, like i'm wild. just like this is wild um yeah like Amazing. minky turns in like they're like oh yeah like the inks are coming and then i'll get an email it's like here are here are three fully inked pages. Like, Jeez, um, I'll turn in the, the another two or three tomorrow. And then sure enough, there they are. And I'm like, I can't write fast enough. Really. Right. Wow. Um, and, and I like, oh, good problem to have, I guess. But also I'm like, oh God, uh, I'm so impressed. I, I, I actually want to impress you. Uh right. <laughs> that's a good thing, right? I mean, I feel like that's the great dynamic is that's what's so cool about collaborations. And you have artists and writers like trying to, not one up each other, but just trying to, you know, like live up to each other's greatness. That's how it should go. That's how the work gets better and better. That's how I feel on the higher public yeah. team. You know, like I, I read other people's stuff and I'm like, oh man, this is so good. Like I wanna like be on, you know, be on my A game. I do anyway, but it's just cool to be on a team of mm -hmm. people all trying to be on each other's A game and like, you know, mm -hmm. it's great. I feel like we always we always want to do our best work on everything. But when you have someone where you're like, I love this. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do whatever I can to make you mm -hmm. feel this way about my stuff. Mm -hmm. It just you always I mean that's why my scripts keep getting more and more deranged. I'm right. just like, let's keep going. Like do you, do you feel like I get you get faster as a run goes deeper in? Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, I too. think that like I think it's always tricky because um with the Marvel comics, we're dipping in and out of um crossovers. So oh, often. yeah. So for example, um really fun like where the bounty hunters um right. crimson rain hidden empire like kira trilogy is 15 issues so we're all like and we're all tying our comics into that so there's a lot of conversation that has to happen with all the other comic writers and, and making sure that all the pieces are wherever and barring each other's kids like it's 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 a challenge but it's fun mm -hmm. so totally. yeah i think um my process is, is very similar to yours actually um if I'm like, okay, time to write an Afro issue, I'll like try to hunt down wherever I wrote it, uh, wherever I wrote like what I want to happen. Um, but usually I have a separate doc. Um, I actually have a script template. Mm, so yeah. it'll be like, you know, Dr. Afro script X, mm -hmm. uh, script X. And then I'll have like title X, mm -hmm. um, date X, Y, Z. And then um, it'll have all the pages, like page one, page two, page three, and then all the panels, one, two, three, four, and then numbering so that I don't have to type that all out every single time I write a script. Right. It um, makes a difference. It does. Yeah. So I'll I'll pull that, make a new copy for whatever issue I'm working on, and then I'll have a separate doc where I'm like, okay, what happens? And then I have something at the top of my, something at the top of the script, and it says, it's called the rundown, and I just write everything that happens. And I'm like, where's this gonna go? So from there, I'll like start cutting and pasting, and I only start like as I 
as I go, I'm like, this piece needs to be on page one and this piece needs right. to be at the right. end. Um, right. But other than that, I'm like, who knows? Right. So I try to break it down, but then I write it linearly. So I go top down right. and as I go, usually it changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'll shift things down or up or whatever as I figure out what actually happens in the script. Right. So, and it's it's such a puzzle, right? Like it's, there's that moment where you're like, "Wait, I need a you know I need to land on a on a splash here, so I have to move this." Like, and that's uh-huh. so much fun. Don't you love that? Like you're just like, right. "Oh, I gotta wait. I gotta take out this page," or you know, you end up finding out things about storytelling that you didn't wouldn't have realized because it is so. There's certain things that are so fixed, right? Like we're almost always dealing with 20 pages. So it's like this fixed thing. And it's like, you have to fit that story into 20 pages. And on top of that, like you want, you know, you want your splashes to land on the page turns, right? So like all those pieces. And then you're like, wait, I didn't need this whole section at all. Bang! And you cut it out. And then like, <laughs> it brings your script to life on a whole other way. And you thought you needed that. You know, like I love those moments. And yeah. comics like really is singular in providing that because of how you know, just how exactly it works. And it's like so much fun. I was just, I just finished writing issue four of Adventures. And this was the one where I feel like I really hit my stride in terms of process. Like the story has been alive and awake for me this whole time. Like every issue has felt really like, yes, this is what I need to be doing. This is right. But it still was like, okay, there's so much establishing to do early on Mm -hmm. that it's like, that's a different kind of work on a certain level. I had to make sure like these pieces were in place, but for just like sang out of me like it just was like rah and I, it felt so like I just I feel like I just sat down I was like what <laughs> in a good way I puked it out but like I just love that and and it was a different issue for me in that I almost always try to have I don't know this is tell me if this is true for you like I try to I try to like differentiate I try to have like an A store and a B store that are happening in very different places just to have things like you know visually look different like alive on the mm-hmm. you know when you're flipping through it it doesn't just look like it's all happening in one room right yeah issue four entirely takes place in the same place or 90 percent of it does and so mm-hmm. i was like this is going to be a challenge and i really had to be like and there's no b story it's a very linear a story up until it's it's not and so i just knew that was gonna be really hard and i was kind of like preparing myself to go into it and then i sat down and it just kind of came out and I don't know it's so exciting when you hit that stride and you're like yeah this is it this is it yeah no it feels it feels so so good when it all just it's just like here it is uh there it is there it is done like it it happens it happens and it does for me it happens rarely but when it happens it's like here it is um I also find and I should not do this I don't recommend this uh do not do this if, if you're listening um I always end up writing my scripts late at night in like a fugue state. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Oh, yeah, is course. it like on the night of your deadline or is it just any random night? I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> I thought so. Listen, it's always coming down to the wire because yeah. I'm just like it you, know, you have a lot going on. I do, and I don't figure it out until I do. Right. So I'll like you know, it's not even like a, oh, you started earlier. You would figure it out. I'm like, no, you would understand. I started so early and I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, but yeah, I feel like when when I'm in this fugue state, I stop caring so much about what other people think. And then right. it just I just go. And I find that when I can let go of that and get everybody else's voices out of my head, right. it's so much better. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I I, I um have a baby, so 
I always write late at night. <laughs> Not always, but for the most part. But I do think there's something to be said about the night. Like I, when I, and it's funny because it brings me back to when I was younger. Like in my teenage into mid twenties, I was a night writer for the most part, like overnight, you know. Like, and there was a romance to that in my mind that is not as true when you're older and like feel the effects of it the next day. But um, but now I kind of have to, like I said, so I've been back to being a writer at night and it's like, there's a nostalgia to it a little bit. And it, it is very nice to just have like quiet and like the world is shut down around you and it's just so peaceful and there's just a particular energy to it. Um, um, so, you know, I love that. Yeah, I love, I love the feeling. It's, it's that peace, you know? You're like no one's awake. It's just me, and yeah. I guess and, and your baby sometimes. But like, <laughs> no, he sleeps through the night, which is incredible. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah. I know, um, I know, he's a genius. He's a pretty amazing. Yeah. But it, it's nice. It's nice to just be like alone and just vibing. You know, no one's gonna bother you. Um, it's great. Yeah, yeah that's how I used to write when I journaled as a teenager, Ooh. which is kind of how I learned to write. You know, like I would wait for everyone to go to sleep. And I would just like commandeer the room with the computer in it and it would be mine, you know, like that. It was so, it created, and I always tell my students that keeping a journal is really, really helpful because, and and I used to get made fun of for this, but I would do it on the computer. And like the joke was on everybody else because now I'm, you know, a successful writer and they're not so there. But also like what that did for me was that it created intimacy with the blank page on the computer and that little annoying clicky thing that like blinks at you. It wasn't mean, it wasn't intimidating. It wasn't telling me that I had a, you know, a, a homework assignment due. It was being like, what's going on D? You know, and I would just yeah. tell, like tell what's going on. Like I would tell the truth to the blank page late at night. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that's my relationship to the blank page now. Like I love writing, I don't hate it. I don't like fear it you know it's it's a friend to me and I think that's important like I understand writers that hate writing and love having written like I know that's a thing and that's a Dorothy Parker quote and everything else I get it mm -hmm. um but I also feel bad for them yeah. <laughs> because I just truly love the process of writing yes it can be harrowing it can be exhausting like I'm not trying to romanticize it it's it's a lot it's hard work no question um but you know I'm a Capricorn like we like work like that's what it is but yeah I, you know, I love it I do too. I mean, I think Good. that's, I mean, I was like, if I didn't, if I didn't love the process of writing, I definitely would not be doing this. Bro, I'd be an architect. Like, whatever. Right. I'd be, a, I'd be a surgeon. Absolutely. Right. right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, no. Why would I do this if I didn't like it? Because I'm not doing it for fame. You know what I mean? Like, no. uh, it's, you know, it's nice, <laughs> whatever. And I, and I, but, but it's the process. Like, I love the process. Like, yeah. And the fact that I can get paid for doing that process that I love, why wouldn't I, why would I do anything else? Like, please. It feels very special. Like, I, I feel like um, it's for me. Yeah. It's for me, it's always the writing. It's not, it's not even like the publishing or like the, mm -hmm. um, you know, Twitter or impressing mm -hmm. my parents or literally, literally anything like, like the shit, if I want to impress my parents, I would have been a surgeon, but like, I right. think that like, <laughs> You know, it's it is it's always been this. It's always been the writing. It's always been the words, and it's always been a game because I mm -hmm. want to see what I can do, and I want to push mm -hmm. it harder and further mm -hmm. and harder and further. And exactly. the exciting thing to me about writing is you are never going to know everything, so there's always going to be more right. room to totally. learn and try weird shit. Like that's what yes. I want. Yeah, I had that. Moment. I know you've been watching Chainsaw Man, right? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, it's so good. But I had a moment with like that reading the the manga, and I it just like it's a whole sequence that I won't even describe because I don't want to spoil anything. But suffice to say, it's completely bad shit. Like it's one of the most absolutely absurd things I've ever read. And it's so good. And I just remember finishing it and just being like, oh my God, I have to up my game. Like, <laughs> but like in the best way, you know, like it's so, it's so great when that happens and you're just like, I need to, you know, push it even further, like figure out where, where to take these. And I, but I love that we're all in this situation where that's where we're going, like pushing it further and finding out, you know, what's, what's next. And then we get to do it in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. And anime is always a thing that does it for me too. I'm just like, why so, not? Let's go big. Exactly. Jujutsu Kaisen. Like, how, where did that come? <laughs> like, where did any of that come from? It's so off the wall, but it's also really grounded, you know. And I think that's the balance that we're always looking for because you can. It's easy to be reckless and ridiculous and sort of absurd yep. just for the purpose of being absurd. But when you can ground that absurdity in like real emotions and and real world shit, whether it's in this real world or that real world, you know, whatever it might be. Like to me, that's where that when, when that balance kicks in, that's when like real magic happens. That's something I love about Midnight Horizon because ah. there is that very real emotional core that runs all the way through it. Um, I was expecting to cry. I did. I cried a lot reading Midnight. When did you cry? <laughs> oh when God. did you cry? I cried so much. Okay, I cried. I cried. I think the intensity of people's feelings always just gets me. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that feeling is, if it's really intense, it just I just start crying. Yeah. Um, so like the the Cantum story, history story, that was that was something that got me. I also cried when Prybolt died. Um, I <laughs> just like I did. I was like, worth two. Prybolt died in page two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was the prologue, and I was like, oh, no, Prybolt. I mean, but actually, I think what got me about Prybolt is he has like you know crash and that story is like i'm waiting for my best friend to come back and i'm gonna do everything i can to find him and you're like he's not coming back and at a certain point she's like he's not coming back but i and i i don't know how to handle that <laughs> um so that got me um i don't know you know That's i mean nice. you know love always gets me but like yeah oh, actually, yeah yeah and then with it's ironic because Ram spends like Ram spends like the whole book being like I have no emotions, and then suddenly he's like I have all the emotions. <laughs> it's like you know all of them at once, but that's what happens. You bottle your shit up, and it's gonna come out, mm -hmm. you know, in the worst possible way, the worst possible moment. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Oh my god, I was telling you, I've, we've talked about this before. I think this book was the thing that made me like wreath. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Twitter that you know there's a wreath nation. Oh, it's too late. Um, <laughs> no, I mean like I no, like I'm like you liked him. Wreath. You didn't dislike wreath. You just no, I didn't. No. I didn't dislike him. It's it's a per right. personal preference. It's like he's. I'm just trying to get boy. you not dragged. Is all. No, no, no. It's okay. You can drag me from this. I like <laughs> he's he's a nice boy who loves books and like cares a lot and like I'm just like that's just not my speed. Like I I don't right. like nice boys. I've never liked fair. nice boys. It's very um, so I mean, but he has that line where he's like, I I've given up on not having crushes on any I'm just having crushes on everybody. And I was right. like, I know you. Never mind, right. you're okay in my book. <laughs> not another once I realized that that line that was the line that made him click into place for me. 
Because <laughs> I it was, it was really hard to write because I'm like you, like I'm, you know, well, we know each other, you know what I'm like. And <laughs> and, I, and I, I really liked Reith as a character, but I always looked at Reith as a character that I would never know how to write. And then they're like, so Reith is going to be a Midnight Horizon. And I was like, really? Well, <laughs> so interesting. I didn't know that. Just give me a minute. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, well, what do I know about Reith that I can identify with? He has crushes on literally everybody especially the most unavailable people in the world <laughs> like, oh, right? like someone tallied it on twitter and it was just like no but like a nile chick an ace jedi oh my god buddy. And, you know i mean not that she's unavailable but she is a jedi like you know yeah like, it's not happening kid and also you're a jedi like let's let's be real for so many reasons for so many right. reasons but so all of that <laughs> and 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 i was like but but you know having crushes on unavailable people like that's my first 38 years of life so like i can do that you know like, i can write that character and so once that that line was literally what i like curved the arc of his entire character around and then i was like okay i got it like i can do read like i just have to build up to that moment and then take it from there which is hilarious love that i love that so much there's always a moment where someone clicks and you're like i don't quite right i don't quite know you do i and then and then there's a bit you're like there it is there you are that's you yeah and then and then i guess the other piece was bouncing him off ram made him like I really wanted them to have this brotherly relationship and this love and this really close friendship and like their differences kind of brought them each to life in different ways to me too like how different they are from each other but also their similarities and just letting that you know letting Reese be an older brother also made him kind of easier for me to comprehend on some level and again I think he's an amazing character like I love what both Claudia and Justina have done with him um, but it was hard it was hard to write <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I mean this is also like this isn't yeah it's like I said Reith is great he's just like I said he's a nice boy I just and I, I it's just not my I don't I don't like nice boys but I do I like get Reith. it <laughs> I get it right I get it that's hilarious oh man Midnight Horizon is also the the moment that I fell in love with Reith. so yeah. oh really I didn't know that I was like I like I loved him like I did into the dark and then he was very, he was in a little bit of out of the shadows but I remember um because Claire and I got arcs and then there, like Rube helps people got arcs right um and so we were all reading them at the same time and I did text Claire and I texted Noah from Rube helps Padres and I was like I I understand now like I get <laughs> it like this <laughs> this is who Reith is that's how so yeah, no, I think that, uh, the feeling is mutual across the board. <laughs> I think that's so funny because when I was reading Minute Horizon, I was having that same experience, but with Comac. And so same. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay, but hear yeah. me out though. That's so <laughs> funny. And that was before he ran off because that's like I love that that moment became this like flashpoint of like canon discussion. But like, I'm always trying to remember because I know like, we knew, like, I, I remember being like, okay, I, what I wanted, what I asked for in terms of Reef was that he be knighted. And I went to Claudia and I was like, I just want to clear it with you because he's your baby that that I can close out the book by knighting and read. And she was like, sure, go to town, have a blast, whatever. And I was like, great. And then, but they they told me Comac was leaving at the end of the book. That was something they gave to me. And I think someone was like, yeah, at the end, Comac's just going to like run off into the woods. But I don't think they meant it literally. <laughs> 
I, don't, I really don't think that they actually <laughs> expected me to write him literally running off into the woods. But I took it literally because I'm Ram secretly. And so, <laughs> so that's literally why it happened. <laughs> and then looking back, I was like, maybe they didn't actually mean run off into the woods. <laughs> and that's the canonical moment <laughs> of Comac of in the Woods was born. <laughs> You're like, I, I can the movie. They're like, wait, right, what right. <laughs> Well, I guess I got to get him to the woods somehow. <laughs> like, I, I really took it. Woods. <laughs> Look, I, I might have understood the assignment a little too well, is all I'm saying. <laughs> and now nobody who is on Twitter and has read that book can function without putting that into a sentence. I know. Like, at all. <laughs> that is my legacy. <laughs> um, do you guys just want to, like, plug your work that's coming up right now? I, you have a million things in the works. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. I mean, you have a million Marvel runs happening right now. You can plug those. That is true. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. Um, sure thing. Yeah. So coming up, I have, uh, I just, we just started our new Deadpool run, um, which is a body horror rom-com, aka my speed. Um, so that's uh, with Martin Cucolo, uh and Niraj Menon. Uh, so beautiful, beautiful book. That's uh, that's going on. Alligator Loki season two is coming out very soon. Um, I want to say, yeah, probably probably like in a couple of weeks. Um, it, we're starting up on Marvel Unlimited, and of course, there's Doctor Afra, which you should be reading because it's really fun. It um, really is. Yeah, so that's with uh, Ming Kyu-jung. Um, he is incredible, and uh, yeah, the whole team's great. So. Uh, yeah, read read our stuff. <laughs> Woo! Um, I'm about to start High Republic Adventures Phase Two, which drops yeah, in like two weeks. Um, it feels like it's been forever in the coming, but it is coming. I'm very excited about it. We, um, I don't know what to say. You've already heard a lot about it, but it's Sav at her most chaotic. It's also just like pirates, uh, which is one of my true loves, and. Lots of pirates. It's just pirates. It's just Sav and pirates. It's the opposite of phase one in so many ways. Um, starting with the fact that in phase one, it's all a bunch of goody two-shoes Jedi. And in phase two, it's a bunch of evil, chaotic pirates that are having bar fights around children. So, like, you know, it's really great. Um, I'm really proud of it. Uh, Tony Bruno has done amazing work. There's a lot of twists and turns in the story that I didn't even expect. And, and I just can't wait to, like, you know... I can't wait for people to see it. So High Republic Adventures from uh, Dark Horse Comics is coming soon. Uh, the sequel to my, uh, my, the closing out, actually, my YA duology, um, The Outlaw Saints, which started last year with Ballad and Dagger, or this year with Ballad and Dagger, it finishes in the spring um, with the second book, which I haven't, don't think I've released the name of yet, but that's coming up. And Death Day comes out next year. Everything's far away. I have other stuff coming. I just can't talk about it. Woohoo! Yeah, uh, I am under extreme deadline for something that has not been announced. So uh, wish me luck and hope I don't die. Yes, good uh, luck with it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm probably going to I believe in you. Whatever it is, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Gonna thank you. Great. I'm probably just going to text you, like, screaming yes. in general later. <laughs> As you should. But so. <laughs> <laughs> you're still going to be amazing, Eddie. Oh, thank you. I hope so. God. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, well, thank you both for coming on to the podcast again. 
Um, it's been a lot of fun. And hopefully everyone has learned something. All of our listeners have learned some stuff about comics. Um, I love having discussions with both of you. Very, it's very fun. You guys have just such amazing, intelligent, and fun things to say. <laughs> thank you. It was a lot of fun. We had thank a blast. you. You guys are you guys are great hosts. So thank you for having us. Really yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm just a little clown. So like you know, we're <laughs> just vibing. We're all good. Vibing. Yeah, of course. Come back on anytime you guys want. Anytime we have time. Yeah. Hey. I yeah. should be on Pokemon Pod this week. <laughs> we'll be like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Just show up. Just pop into the Zoom without telling you, like, hey, we're here. Hi. <laughs> we all want to talk about. Did y'all yeah. see that episode of that? <laughs> the amount that we like, plan for our episodes is basically non-existent. So like... <laughs> like we'll, we'll both join the Zoom on like a Thursday night and be like, so what are we talking about this week? No idea. No idea. But, but I mean, nothing other than it doesn't sound canned. And that's part of why. Like, because some, let's be honest, a lot of podcasts sound really um, like the podcasters are falling asleep. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what do you think of that? I don't know. And then there's like a 10 minute pause. Yeah. So what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. Why am I listening to y'all? Please? <laughs> you guys don't do that. You sound like you're genuinely having fun. I, well, I know you also edit it, which probably helps. Which not everybody does. Thank God, so many more right. podcasts need to edit. So oh. true. So <laughs> the people that do to listen to this live on like, YouTube, I'm like, right. could not be us. <laughs> Some people can pull it off. I actually think you guys could pull that off. Yeah. But like. Um... <laughs> No, because you don't, I know you edit out like some pauses or some ums and uh, whatever, but in general, it's a, it's more about vibes, you know, like it's really about vibes and like you, you, it's good you edit, but you probably don't have to. Some people have to edit. Guesting on a live, on a live podcast is always harrowing. <laughs> oh yeah. Or guesting on a podcast that's like really structured. Right. I'm like, I can't do that. We just talk, bro. Like, I don't know what you want from me. That's the point of podcasts, too. And you'll find that with one day y'all will do panels. Alyssa and I have done panels plenty in these con worlds. And like some panels are like so structured that you can barely breathe. And like I will say the exception to that is Star Wars. Like they have to do that because there's usually like 25 people on stage, literally. And like Mike has to keep it like organized. Otherwise, it won't be. But if it's four people and a moderator or three people and a moderator and they're still going like one by one and like on people. Well, it's so soul deadening. Like you just feel like, what what are we doing here? Because you just it shouldn't, you know, it should be like what we just did. That's what it's supposed to be. Like. Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, for sure. For fun yeah. stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Daniel and Alyssa's social media accounts will be linked in the episode description, so make sure to follow them and check out their work. Please feel free to send us questions and you can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.